broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Achar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. It's a right that, you know, you think about it. I mean, you know, you have that right and, you know, people fight for it. And there's other countries where you don't have that right. <laughs> so I think I think it's it's created great awareness. You know, it's going to be the largest voter turnout. I think that this country's had. That's Doug Marone on voting. Fight for your right, Brent. Party. It's a party. Yeah, political party. Which party? Yeah, as long as one I agree with. You know, it was classic today. I voted, got it in, and I was able to vote a couple of things that I understood. Yeah, and got to also mix up the party. That makes me happy. Yeah, because I can vote for. I don't because I think to be honest with you. My two cents Mm -hmm. is I think that's the way it should be more. Right. I don't think it has to be bam R. Exactly. Okay, bam. D. D. Yep. I just don't feel like that's the way it should be. I, I'm I don't. With you. I don't. You know, and some people, someone said to me today because I was joking about it, like, well, that's counterintuitive. I was like, oh, no, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. I don't think it is. I, I, I think you can. There can be good things about each side, each party mm-hmm. that you vote for or yeah. stand for or whatever for. So, um, that's my two cents. I understand a lot of people. Oh, listen, there are a lot of people who know a heck of a lot more about it than me, and I do believe at times. Uh, that uh, it is hard to get stuff done if you're really, you know, partisan. Mm. So um, that's a big so, word. So sometimes, well, sometimes it's better, right? If you have everybody lined up. Yeah. So then you can at least do stuff in Washington for four years. So there you okay, go. Okay, Brandon, what's up, man? You're running for office? I like this. Nah, listen, I got, I got some. I've got like the thirty thousand foot view on politics because sure. I can't deep dive in it. I just can't get absorbed in it. Yeah. Because I don't know what's real. I really don't. I mean, I've said it countless times. I, I do not know what's real, and I refuse to be brainwashed by it. <laughs> you know, Mitch Album wrote a fantastic article. Mm-hmm. Some people disagreed. They said, you know, it's 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 playing both sides of the aisle. Well, some of it's reality. I think we're in denial. I think we are in denial based on who we vote for on what the reality of the world is mm-hmm. uh, sometimes. So sure. you should read it. You know Mitch Album, right? Tuesdays nope. with Maury's. Mm. Tuesdays with Maury. You never read Tuesdays with Maury? Mm. Oh, boy. What is, is that like the Times, New York Times? No, he's actually works for the Detroit Free Press. Gotcha. But well, he, he's also um, like an author, writes a lot of books. But okay. Seriously. Well, no, I, do, I you, didn't grow up in, I mean, I grew up in Wisconsin, though, right? Not Michigan. Yeah. But you so. should read, you should read Tuesdays with Maury. Isn't that like a movie? Something? It might have made it into a movie, too, but it's definitely a book. It's one like, Oh, okay. And it's an easy book to read. Like, okay. he, we're not talking 600 pages here. Mm. We're talking, you could read it in few days okay even if you're not just dialed into is it. is there pictures to it <laughs> hey weber have you read tuesdays with more uh that's a no yeah see and listen and that I'm guy's like the smartest guy in the whole building listen listen if Stuart hasn't read it i don't have to read it hey outside the only time i that really is not said a good standard by the way because I'm, I'm not a book guy. It's, it's my only standard I'm not a book guy either. it's my only standard I, man. I mean I, I actually enjoy reading but i'm just i don't do a lot of it like i I don't. I, yeah. I don't find myself. I, I find myself starting a lot of books and not finishing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just because I have maybe a the stretch where it's like okay, but then I don't finish it for whatever yeah. reason. Um, the the only guy I give a hard time for with the you haven't seen that, you haven't read that, you haven't done that because I am that guy. For every like, I don't give other people a hard time because oh, that's hypocritical. Music, movies, everything, pop everything. culture, Brent. Yeah. I'm the guy that's you like the guy. you haven't seen that. You, you are no, yeah. no, no. The only one I have have assigned like he can't come back on the show. It's ingrained, okay. Until he does this, okay. Is 
Coos has to see Goodwill Hunting. That's I mean that that's fair. I mean come on. That should, that should be a requirement before you get a driver's license. You have Absolutely. to see Goodwill Hunting. And by hunting. the way, Coos has all this free time. Yeah. You know he's you sitting can't there. Be he's an adult and not see that movie. He's drinking more tequila on a weekend. Than, <laughs> I mean, take two hours and watch Goodwill Hunting, man. man. It's powerful. It's so good. So good. And so Coos, that's one of the reasons Coos hasn't been back here. Yeah. No, yeah, for sure. Fine. Tell him, Brent. And let's be honest here. Like, we're doing him a favor. It's not like, well, it might be. You might like you. No, like, everyone likes it. Name one person who doesn't like Goodwill Hunting. Like, name one person who saw Goodwill Hunting and walked away from him and been like, not for me. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I can't. What, what are we talking about here? I can't. It's a powerful film. Robin Williams, man, at his best. Oh, really good. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Matt Damon, very good. Listen. Um, so I got to show this real quick. I mean, obviously, a lot of things that you do, um, I, I'm proud of you for. I mean, you're obviously one of the hardest workers that I know. Um, you kick butt on, on the TV side, on the radio side. I appreciate and, that. You know, basically, I'm talking up right I now. I am voting but, today. Yeah, I mean, and, I am running voted, for some so, office today. Listen, and you voted, so I respect you for doing that as well. Um, but I may not have been as more proud than when I came in the parking lot, because you know how I feel about cats, right? I'm, I'm allergic. I don't mess with cats. I may be, be on record saying that, you know, maybe if... They were to go away. I wouldn't be mad about that. <laughs> so, so uh, imagine my surprise when good guy Brett Martin. Now I'm following him right in the parking lot. I'm literally right behind him. And, and we have this. We have this lady in the parking lot. Her name's Rosa. She doesn't live in the parking lot, but she, <laughs> but she has a habit of feeding the cats that are strays. I mean, she's a very kind-hearted person. She's awesome. I Rosa's talk to her the all best, the time. She's, she's the best. She's the Salt best. Salt of the earth. Shout out to Rosa, man. I was talking to her Rosa when I was walking in. Us here. Yeah, she works with us here. So I was talking to her when <laughs> I was walking in. in. But, but imagine <laughs> the smile on my face. As Brent Martin was pulling in, now I'm not sure if he saw the cats or not. No, but, I didn't. But, but but when I say that he was coming in like a bat out of hell, I was and all of a sudden these cats saw Brent coming and fractions, fractions of an inch from Brent Martin running over cats. Let me just say, I gained a whole new fond of respect for you today, Brent. Yeah, well, I was either gonna kill the cat or Rosa. Oh, Rosa. <laughs> Because she was feeding the cats, and I, as I turned the corner, she was like kind of behind, the, and the cat comes boom running oh, yeah, out, yeah. and Rosa all of a sudden pops up. I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? <laughs> and by the way, by the time I reacted, they were both gone. Oh yeah, yeah they yeah. were out in the middle. Like, yeah. Fortunately, I wasn't that close to them. Yeah, yeah. Or they, that was it. Yeah, it was over. Yeah. That would have been a bad start to the show. Absolutely. I mean, I still yeah. would have done the show. Oh, we respect that. Yeah, absolutely. But, it's a big show. Today. But after the show, would have been would have been tough. <laughs> you would have had somebody waiting for you in the parking lot <laughs> to ask you some and, questions. And by the way. I wanted you to know that that cat was in danger because of you. Why is that? Well, because whoa, whoa. I was thinking of you, not because of your lack of affinity for cats. Yeah, yeah. But I was saving you the parking spot right there. Ah. So that's why I bypassed. I got the, the parking spot that we usually. It was, yeah. it was a little crowded in yeah, there, so yeah. I was like. Eh, I'm not going to go. I'll go you around and me. do a little circle. And I gave it to you. See, I appreciate it. You're a bad liar, but at the end of the day, be no, honest, Brent. Serious. Hey, that's why I did are that. You, are you kind of getting tired of cats? Is that what's going on here, Brent? Are you, are you fed up with them like I am? Listen, I'm fine with PETA. <laughs> no one said anything about PETA. Uh, okay. I don't know what happened to the cats in my backyard. Uh-huh. No idea. Uh, you, you gave me one wink and I took care of it. That's all you got to know. <laughs> oh, man. Election Day 2020. Oh, yeah. One of the things I do want to talk about today, well, I'm going to get in the weeds on Election Day, but do, are, are there any impacts on sports here? Yeah. And, and my point, you know, potentially, and I don't think, obviously, it wouldn't happen until potential change of office, mm-hmm. but could we see sports shut down again? Are, are commissioners looking at this election like, hey, you know, listen, in the state of Florida right now, you could open up every stadium and nobody would mind. Mm-hmm. Trump, DeSantis, they've said it. Go ahead. Nobody's doing. I, I shouldn't say nobody would mind. I'm saying the government wouldn't mind. Uh, they, they've allowed it, but it's not happening because of owners and they don't think it's a good time, whatever reasons. 
but could we get to a point where something changes? And uh, just a quick little look back at some history on how do presidential elections shape sports at all? I mean, does it ever impact sports? It just feels like this is about as sports heavy of an election as I've ever lived in. Yeah. Uh, we talk about it all the time, too. But given the circumstances of really, if you want to go all the way back four years from Kaepernick yeah. to Trump's involvement to now this last six, eight months with pandemic, uh, Black Lives Matter movement, everything else going on, the, the initiative from sports athletes mm-hmm. to push people to vote. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, and it's on they get to. I mean, it's on both sides too, right? Absolutely. I mean, you got NBA players on one side. It seems like for the most part, and then like for instance, like Herschel Walker. I heard I saw an interview with him. He's supporting Trump. Uh, uh, Lou Holtz is supporting Trump. So like, there's both sides of the political spectrum where it seems now more and more celebrities, especially athletes, are getting involved. Yeah. So we're gonna talk a little bit about it. again. Listen, you got politics everywhere today. You got election day stuff everywhere. Yeah. I'm not. I don't want to be the. Uh, we want to be a different, a little reprieve for you to get away from it. It's yeah. going to be a long night of election coverage. <laughs> yeah. Check it out on Morning CBS 47, <laughs> yeah, nice Fox 30, and uh, 104.5 WOKV. There you go. But we will talk sports. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's interesting. I, again, I, I don't know. Maybe this is more commonplace. I've just never thought about it mm-hmm. in this way. Uh, and and now we're kind of living it right now. So uh, we'll, we'll discuss a little bit. It's appropriate. So. Um, on Election Day 2020. Uh, quick thought about last night's game. I really mm-hmm. thought the Giants, we're rooting, right? I mean, we're rooting hard right now. We're rooting for something. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, the Giants were looking good. I mm. mean, you kind of knew they weren't going to hold yeah. on. But at the time, you were like, hey, you know what? They're playing pretty good. And no, the, the team was playing good. Some players. <clears throat> Listen. Daniel. Daniel Jones made some unbelievable plays in that game. Yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, they're, the They're throw good on the touchdown, the Golden good. Tate, is about as good a throw you can make in the NFL. That's good. It really is. Like yeah. I, I, I saw, I think it was Greg McElroy who was breaking it down. Maybe it wasn't McElroy. Yeah, I think it was McElroy. And I, I saw it this morning, and he broke down like this, these all or nothing plays for Daniel Jones. Like these throws are amazing, great plays. And then these throws are, oh my gosh, who just played quarterback, Brent? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I mean, it. The the bad plays that he made were so costly. So costly. It reminds me of of two guys. The bad plays in the turnovers. Did you see the stat? Like he's got more turnovers, I think, in his first however many games in the uh, last two years than Jameis. Not only I that, saw that one. but he has the most ever in his first. I think it was twenty games um, outside of Ryan Leaf. Mm-hmm. Ryan Leaf had forty one. I think he's got now thirty five or thirty six or something like that. He's on the way. But yeah, but so who does that remind you of? Well, it reminds you of Blake Bortles, of course, right? And so Bortles, see, the, the thing with Bortles though, is he never makes the throw to Golden Tate. Bortles made some nice plays that said, hey, that was a good play. That was a heck of a play. He he's not going to get credit for it because it's like, oh, my gosh, this was a fluke play, right? Sure. But Daniel Jones makes a lot of good throws. Like, if you go back to last year, he had touchdown, four touchdown games and no oh, interception games. Yeah. And he makes that throw to Golden Tate. He makes a couple other great plays like to Evan Ingram. And, and even last week, they should have beaten – they should have won that game. Ingram dropped the ball mm-hmm. on a nice throw. So, But the turnovers are something that reminds you of like Bortles early on. Mm-hmm. And then you wonder, because we lived it, you're like, hey, can you shake that? Mm-hmm. Y- you are who you are. Well, who else does it remind you of? And maybe this is a better comp because Jameis Winston yeah. turns it over all the time. But also – Make some spectacular plays. So I think it's a better comp to uh, to 
uh, Jameis Winston. Because yeah. Jones, again, I mean, we have fun with the Daniel Jones stuff, but if you really look at him, he makes some really good plays. Like, there's reason to buy in. And you're like, whoa, okay, okay, I see. Mm-hmm. But then he makes these plays like, oh, my gosh, if he does that twice a game, we're never going to win consistently. Yeah, well, and you see it where, listen, if if you're a Giants fan right now and you're seeing those bad plays, right, where essentially you got to play to win the game, you can't make that throw. Now, there's a penalty at the end, and we'll, you know, we'll get into that maybe later. But when you when you're a Giants fan and you break down that footage and it's the good and the bad, but mainly it's inconsistency. Like, do you feel going forward? I mean, and I'm not just gonna base off one game against the Buccaneers, but kind of as a culmination of a team total so far, if you will. Like, listen, the Giants right now they're in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes if they want to be. They're in the Justin Fields sweepstakes if they want to be. Do you go with a quarterback there, or do you ride with Daniel Jones one more year knowing, you know what, our offense right now, while we have some good receivers, we have a good tight end, but we don't have Saquon Barkley, right? When Saquon Barkley was in last year, you saw the Daniel Jones numbers. Like, are you confident to give him another year after this season, or do you go all in on Justin Fields or try to get Trevor Lawrence? I would, listen, here's the deal. I've learned from my mistakes, okay? I'm not sitting around and waiting anymore. Mm. Uh, and if I had the chance to probably get Lawrence or Fields, I wouldn't pass it up. Mm-hmm. I'd keep both guys on the roster if I had to, or I'd just take my chances and trade Daniel Jones and live with it. Uh, but I, the reason I bring this up is that as I've been a Jones fan because of the positive stuff, but if you start looking up the – I don't even mind mistakes by young guys, but if you start looking up the amount of mistakes, and, and when you watch a game like that yesterday and you see the silly mistakes, like really bad, bad mistakes, and you're like, that doesn't change. Mm-hmm. Like that's – to me, you grow out of some of that. You probably learn from some of that. But I don't know if you flip that around to become elite. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think you do. And and I think he's going to cost them just as much as he's going to help them. Uh, and, again, that will be a balance sheet that will probably tick up a little bit more on the positive side and down on the negative side. But how much? I mean, that's what people are asking about Jameis Winston. The guy has talent. The guy can throw the football. The guy's done a lot of good things. I mean, you don't do that. I always say you don't do that accidentally. But can he ever shake the mistakes? He's made so many of them. Is that who you are as well? And I don't think people want to deal with that guy. And so I would say, yes, if Fields or Lawrence were available, I I don't care if Daniel Jones is on my team. I'd probably make the move, which is – which. In my belief, is really important for the Giants to win another game or two mm-hmm. because I need them out of that two hole. If I'm Jacksonville, <laughs> seriously, no, for sure. Like, right now, right I think Daniel Jones is good enough to win them some games, especially in the NFC East. Mm-hmm. They outplayed them yesterday, man. Mm-hmm. Like in my yeah, opinion, they fire, man. They came ready to roll. Their defense, their tre- in the trenches, they were good. Yeah, linebackers, Blake Martinez showed up. played well. Yeah, they have some receivers there. I know they're without Barkley, and they don't have like the A plus guy. Yeah, but they've got guys that shine. It's Golden Tate to me is still a guy. Yeah. Like he really. He's not a star. Sterling Shepard did have a pretty good game. He's come back from an injury, so yeah. he's gradually getting better and more healthy. But he missed, I think, Shepard and Slayton on two mm-hmm. would-be touchdowns, and those guys would have had huge nights. Yeah. I mean, he though, obviously he misses the read, right? You see the one on the left yeah. where the guy's wide open. I don't know if that was Slayton, I think it was. And then he throws the pick. You know, that right there, in a nutshell, is like, whoa. Okay, mm-hmm. it's okay to miss, but don't throw the pick. Mm-hmm. Like Young guys are going to miss that re- a read here or there. Mm-hmm. They will. I mean, I think old guys are going to miss a read here or there. And that's like eye-popping, like how do you miss it? He was wide open. But I thought there were just some other plays in the game where it's like three or four plays by Daniel Jones. They win that game by two touchdowns. See, and in my opinion, to be a quarterback in the NFL, you're only as good as your worst throws. 
Okay, That's like, a good call. Th- th- there's a reason why Patrick Mahomes is Patrick Mahomes. There's a reason why Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson. There's a reason why Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Yes, they can make the incredible plays. They can extend the plays with their legs and all this stuff, but they don't make a lot of mistakes. Not every once in a while they'll get in gunslinging mode and, you know, they're forced one, but it's not consistent, right? With Daniel Jones right now, you're seeing consistent bad throws and you're seeing consistent forces. I don't care about all the good plays, but I'll be honest with you. All I care about Daniel Jones is the bad throws that he makes, and that's how Giants fans should feel about him, too. So with that being said, I agree with you. I think it's time to go in a new direction if they do indeed keep on losing games. And I think there are things to like about Daniel Jones. I really do. Uh, but yeah. uh, can you shake the mistakes? Here's Daniel Jones on the picks. I think those were, were costly uh, mistakes for us and, and um, you know, something you know I have to continue to, to work on and, and improve. And, and uh, you know, I understand that. I think was sometimes, too, these young guys, when they don't have Barkley around, when they're not winning, they press. So it, I think we saw that from Minshew this year, right? I think you press and you try to make plays, and it's just like, I, I, you know what I say when I'm watching? Is, Dude, you went to Duke. Like, you're a smart guy. Like, why are you throwing that football? Like, you don't throw that football. Like, aren't you supposed to be smarter than that? Like, I understand the position's hard to play. You, you know my yeah, respect yeah. level for that. Yeah, but, yeah. I mean, come on. Like, you got to have the mental side. Be, the clock too fast, whatever it might be. Sheriff Jimbo Hopford. <laughs> I like that. Is he right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. He says, Jameis actually beat more than two teams in his career. Come on, man. Well, he obviously is missing the point. Yeah, the yeah. point is not who you're beating. The point is Jameis had 30 picks. Yeah. I mean, the point Say is no the turnovers. Yeah. If you keep turning the football over, Blake Bortles, Jameis Winston, Daniel yeah. Jones, that's who you are. Yeah. And how many guys have been able to shake it? Right? Brett Favre threw some bad balls, right? He threw some big-time mistakes. Oh, yeah. Gunslingers do that. Mm-hmm. But he's still outnumbered. I don't know his numbers, but, I mean, you got to believe he outnumbered the interceptions. Yeah. Like, two to one or mm-hmm. three to one or whatever it was. I don't know. But it it's... Yeah, he had an issue with it. Yeah. He was going to give somebody who was also going to go make three extra plays in that game because he's Brett Favre. Daniel Jones isn't doing that. Jameis well, Winston isn't doing that. Blake Bortles certainly wasn't doing that. So, But let's ask this question, though, Brent. So with Daniel Jones, for instance, he's in his second year right now, right? He, he had a pretty good rookie campaign. Um, there was a lot of intrigue there. Obviously, this year um, hasn't gone as well. A lot of turnovers, a lot of interceptions. I get that. But, like, at what point do you go – you know, he's still a young guy, right? Like, I'm reminded, like, of Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning threw 28 interceptions his rookie year. And I didn't remember, like, Colts fans thinking, like, well, this guy is a bust. You know, like, you gave him a chance because he was still young. He was still learning life in the NFL. And guess what? Ended up becoming one of the greatest NFL quarterbacks of all time, hands down, Peyton Manning. So I guess my question is, like, how long of a leash do you give a guy that you invested a first-round pick on and say, you know what, we get it right now, maybe you're pressing a little bit, you're having some bad throws, but we're willing to work with you, man, because we want to see this through. Like, do, do you owe it to him, I guess? Well, you owe it to him as long as you're not picking in the top two and there I aren't guess. two franchise yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like if there's Trey Lance there and Zach Wilson – yeah, I think I'll probably stick with Daniel mm-hmm. Jones. I, I can do that. I can ride that for a little bit longer. And then let's give him a leash and let's see if he – because you just – again, I appreciate the good. You know, I, I was the guy that said for Blake Bortles, I don't think you throw 35 touchdowns in the NFL, even if some are in garbage time, by accident. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think you have to have some sort of skill level, some sort of skill level to be able to do that. I think Jameis Winston, 4,000-plus yards, 30 touchdowns, whatever it was. I mean, come on. You're not bad because of that. Mm-hmm. But you also have to be able to minimize mistakes in this game. And when we're seeing guys throw six interceptions a year now, right, that's not uncommon. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't make those kind of mistakes. I mean, he single-handedly lost them the game. They played well enough around him. 
and th- it was because of him they didn't win by two touchdowns. Lost fact, the Giants lost. a game and won me my fantasy matchup. I know, I saw oh, that. Congrats. Oh, it was in the balance I the saw whole that. night. That was good. Oh yeah. my goodness, one by one point two points. M- meanwhile, yeah. we got Olivia spreading propaganda on Twitter and won that. Dude, unbelievable. <laughs> I won again, by the way. I'm on a three game win streak. Congratulations, yeah. hey, Michael Thomas could come back anytime for you. I don't know. Hey. But look out, you rest of the him. league if you he don't does. Need him. Yeah. still in the consolation bracket. By the way, yeah, yeah, digging out of that, digging out of that. We we did some numbers, crunched some numbers. We got plenty of time. You guys are back, okay? Yeah, it's like adding. Analytics. Are we going to add playoff teams like the NFL? No, Miami? no, unfortunately no. we're not. No. I mean, I was asking, can I like sit out a week for a COVID? Like say, you know, I'm in a hot bubble here. Sure you so, yeah, you might want to. You're on a two-game losing streak. I know, streak. man. I'm struggling right now. <laughs> we'll be back. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Hey, second-year quarterback report card is out today. We'll have that a little bit later. Uh, stay with us on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. I, play, I finished hey. second, right? I lost in the championship yeah. to you. Austin Lane. Hey, you know what? You didn't win, okay? That's all that matters. I didn't win. Don't, don't worry about what you did last year. You no, didn't win. I okay? didn't win, and yeah. I auto-drafted. <laughs> Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. I just want to see where, where this kid's at. I mean, um, you know, if you're going to do something, that's, that's you know, maybe does that, does that, does that come under crazy sh- I mean, we might as well look. I mean, we might as well see what we have, right? Yeah. I mean, you know, go ahead and play him and, and let's go. That is uh, Doug Marone. Well, let me ask you this. I had to improvise there for a bit. I was good. Yeah, I like the whistle, that was man. Great, man. Blow the whistle on him. I like that. So he's echoing that phrase that we've heard before, the the crazy you-know-what, right? And before the bye, or I guess right before the bye week, he said, hey, you might see some new stuff that's going to be some crazy kind of stuff. Let me ask you this. Did he say that before or after the whole Minshew thing came out? He said it the day it came out. Before, though, or after? No, before. Oh, oh. oh well, we don't know because oh, he, he, know. Yeah. But he, he heard, well, listen, he told us yesterday, this is his timeline. Mm-hmm. He talked Tuesday last week, okay, so mm-hmm. Tuesday afternoon. Now, we didn't hear the report about Minshew until Thursday. That sure. doesn't mean they didn't know. They obviously knew because he saw he did the timeline. Marone did. And the timeline was Sunday night. He heard about it and he was like, OK, whatever. You know, guys are banged up. But uh, then he heard that he was going to a hand specialist and all that stuff on Tuesday. And he's like, oh, this is more severe. Yeah. You know, and somewhere in the middle, he had learned that, OK, this might be a bigger thing because yeah. there was swelling and people noticed that. And okay. so that's the way he kind of presented the timeline. So point being, he he absolutely knew this was in the works. When he was talking to the okay. media on Tuesday. Okay, because my, my only like my only observation would be like when he said, "Hey, you might see some crazy stuff." And we're like, "What are you talking about, man? Like, what kind of crazy stuff?" I wonder if that referred to maybe as well as sitting Minshew and putting Luton in. Yeah, but but it, I mean, who knows? Listen, yeah, it's a you can wonder. You know, I, there he was asked the question. I think Mark Long asked the question. Like, would you have changed quarterbacks? Would that have been one of the crazy things? Okay, and. I don't remember Doug's response. I I think it was probably more in line with what he just said. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I don't think it was specifically, oh, yeah, we're about to change quarterbacks. You know, that wasn't what he said. So I and I don't believe that to be the case. I mean, just my view of it. My view is Minshew was going to play, you know, given the fact that if he didn't have a hand injury, he would have been playing. Um, I just don't like the other options. Mm -hmm. But we don't know. See, it's it's like it's it's an interesting thing, right? 
it almost feels like if we say here, even though we've been saying it anyway, mm-hmm. that the Jazz are better off going one and fifteen. But if we say that to the organization, they're like, how dare you say that? Like, we don't think that way down here. Mm-hmm. But do they? Mm-hmm. You know, it's you're not supposed to think that way. But OK, say the Giants win last night and now you're sitting there and you're Shad Khan somewhere in Chicago or on a flight somewhere on your jet or on the kismet that you haven't sold yet. And you're sitting there and you're looking and the Jets are 0 and 8. Mm-hmm. They're sitting in the one hole. Oh, look at Jacksonville. Boy, this sucks. We're number two, worst team in the league. Mm-hmm. Didn't want to be here again. Oh, wait a minute. We're the second, we have the second pick. Like, we're ahead of everybody else for the second pick. <laughs> we're, we're winning. We're like, <laughs> we have the second pick. So yeah. we're getting either Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Well, how do you not look at that and say, let's not screw it up this time? Like, how yeah. do you not say it? Like, I thought about that today, man. Like, if you're in that bill again, I don't think Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell and those guys are really thinking they that. They can't this afford much to. Because they're done, right? Well, yeah. But how can you, if you're Shad Khan or anybody else, like, kind of in that building, like, how can you not, if you're outside the building like us, be like, that is prime position. They just, they might add another playoff spot and you're not even in the mix, okay? So, what is the point of being two and fourteen, three and thirteen, four and twelve? It, it it's what we've all been saying. It feels like it's like you're not supposed to say it though. Like you played the game. Yeah, that's not I'm what not guys talk it. about. Yeah. You go out there and try to win. I understand it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not where we're all coming from. We understand that. Uh, listen, we'd all like to be twelve and four, right? We'd even take nine and seven around here right now, no doubt about it. And Gardner Minshew playing good football and say, let's ride with that guy. Mm-hmm. But it's just not the case. And so if it's not the case, and you're now right in the mix, and, and again, you're still in the three-hole right now, but there, why you almost have to look at it this way. And so the, my point being yeah. maybe Doug's crazy thing, maybe even a mandate from above, mm-hmm. would be, you know what, throw the other kid in, let's see what we got. Why yeah, not? No, I mean, I, I hear you. Well, I think from Doug Marone's situation, though, I still think like he's coaching for his future. Right where let's say you string three or four games off with this roster, you still get fired. But like you can point to that and be like, well, if you get any by other teams for a coordinator position or a, a position coach position or maybe another head coach position someplace, who knows what's gonna happen? But I'm just saying like, with where they're at right now, you you can point to those wins and be like, well, yeah, we didn't really have a lot, but here's what I did with that. Right. So that's why I still think Doug Marone is concerned about winning. And you know how I feel about it, Brent, right? And, and yes, I, I brought the, the tanking word many times. I've tweeted about it many times. But I can't, and you can call it foolish pride. You can call it being a former player. Call it whatever you want. Um, you're probably, probably going to call me soft, which makes no, no, no sense mentality. whatsoever. mentality. I understand. But, yeah, but I just, I can't, I can't cheer for a team to lose. I, I, I just can't do it because I think of... Like all the winning cultures, like growing up as a Green Bay Packer fan, or, or like, you know, like watching the Steelers do their thing. Like these teams have never once said, you know what, we're having a bad year. Let's go ahead and tank as much as we can, and let's get the top pick of the draft. Like, and I'm not saying, I mean, I mean, I understand Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence, they're ahead of everybody. Don't get me wrong. Like, it, to me, it's not even close. With all the respect to Trey Lance and Zach Wilson out there, and we'll see Mac Jones or anything like that. But like to me, it's it's Fields and it's Lawrence, and then yeah, we'll see with all the guys. We'll see. But like to me, it's it's that clear of a scenario. So I get it. And right now, the Jaguars they need a quarterback. I just can't come around though to saying go out there and lose games so we're better off for the future. I think every move that you make and every loss that you make, regardless of if the coaching staff's going to be here next year or not, I feel like that follows you. 
call it crazy, call it what you want, but I feel like that follows you and it follows the players in that locker room. And I just don't think it's going to be that good if you're asking those players in that locker room to lose games. They're not going to do it, no, but I'm not. saying if they win one or two games this season, it could have bad vibes the next couple of years, I, I guess. I just, yeah, I, I hear you, man. They're not asking anybody to lose. Okay? No. I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm not even uh, hinting at that. Mm-hmm. They're not. But there have been multiple things that have occurred now here in 2020 that we have even wondered, like, are they doing their best to win? Like, okay, you stink right now. You've lost six in a row. Your defense is awful. You've got a bevy of draft picks. Why aren't they making a move at the trade deadline? Mm -hmm. Why are they not making a move? Why are they not trying to get better? Are they trying to win? Doug and Dave's job are on the line. Why aren't they making a move for this year to try to at least show improvement to maybe save their job, Mm -hmm. to maybe show the arrows up with these guys? Why are they putting Jake Luton in this situation if they really want to win on Sunday? Are they do? Is that the best move? To ask yourself this, is that the best move to win this Sunday against Houston and Deshaun Watson to throw a quarterback that has never taken an NFL snap up against J.J. Watt? Who, by the way, handled Jawan Taylor last time. I don't think J.J. Watt's near the player he was, but he handled Jawan Taylor last time out, man. How many many sacks did J.J. Watt have against the Jaguars? Go go look at the game, man. Okay, I mean. The game, I don't know how many sacks he did. I don't even know if he ended up having it, but I know he drew a couple holding calls, and it was a it was a monster of an effort for Jawan Taylor to keep him off Mitch. No, I, I hear you. And, and this guy's not mobile no, either, Luton. Listen, and I understand, and you would ask, why would you start two against Aaron Donald? You know, it's just you, you want to see that boomer bust type scenario. And uh, like I've been very adamant about this. The Texans defense doesn't scare me. All the respect to J.J. Watt, your your fellow Wisconsin dude, like J.J. Watt doesn't scare me. No, yeah, maybe John Taylor's got to play better, but that defense doesn't scare me. Like I'm not gonna throw a rookie quarterback out there and be like, whoa, not the Houston Titans. No, come on, man. They, they, yeah, they're, it's, they're, it's not Baltimore. They're, they're, they're yeah. a show of what they once were five years ago in Houston. Okay, so they don't scare me on defense. Now maybe you can use that as Bolton board material um, if they're listening to the show or whatever, but they don't scare me at all. I've been very adamant though. I think that your best chance right now where they sit is to put Luton in there and see what he has because you don't know. You know exactly what Glennon's going to give you, okay? And to be fair, it's probably not going to be a win. You don't know with Luton, okay? Just like last year when you had a six-rounder from Mississippi, uh, from Mississippi, from uh, Washington State come in and take over Nick Foles' job, and then they, they go back to Garner Minshew after Foles lost his job. Like, if you would have told me, wait, a six-round pick from Washington State's going to take over Foles' job excuse, twice? Excuse me? How does that happen? Well, it happened. Just like maybe a six-rounder from Oregon State can come in and, you know, lead this team to victory. You never know. Yeah. I, I, well, listen, I understand you never know. I'm just – but what you have to do is you go on what gives you the best chance. And right now we know nothing, and coaches hate knowing nothing. Okay, Coaches don't do that. They just don't, man. Mm. They, you know. You've been around them. They go with what they know. No, yeah, but Brent, at the same time, though, coaches They went love, with Minshew because they had to. They had nobody else. Yes, but coaches also love rolling the dice, man. Coaches love the onside kicks. Coaches love going for two. Coaches love doing these trick plays. Like, sometimes you got to roll the dice. Luton right now is rolling the dice because you have an extremely desperate team that's in need of a surge, that's in need of some kind of spark to echo a win. And let's be honest, Mike Glennon does not do that. Yeah, I I guess he doesn't. Um I, I, don't, I don't disagree that he doesn't, and that's what makes this conversation a little bit trickier, mm-hmm. is that it's not like you've got a guy that's won a bunch of games in the NFL back there. Yeah. Uh, but I just, I, the question is, are they making decisions to win right now? I hear you. And the question is, are they looking at the scoreboard? And they're not looking at the scoreboard like, 
first, second, third, fourth quarter, they're looking at the standing scoreboard. And right now, the standing scoreboard say, if you're Shad Khan sitting wherever you are right now, you're like, you know what? We got this isn't the only way to turn things around, but this is a faster way to turn things around. Mm. And we've lived it before. We lived it with Indianapolis. The Jags beat Indianapolis and Indianapolis ends up with luck. Did they get lucky? Doing that? Did they plan for that? I don't know how much. I'm not saying they threw games, but you can still set yourself up for more success. Jags have plenty of cap. They have plenty of picks. Mm -hmm. They could make any move, not any move, but they could make a move if they wanted to get better right now for this year, for the second half, and for next year and the year after. I don't see the Jags very active right now in the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. And maybe there just isn't a guy out there. Fair enough. But that's how you can do this stuff because you can argue it both ways. Like the, the three game stretch where the Jaguars were like, hey, you might want to run the ball because Cincinnati's awful against the, the, the run. Detroit's awful against the run. Uh, I think it was Houston at the time, awful against the run. They didn't even try to run the ball. Yeah, like, they correct. didn't even try to run the ball, even though they said we need to try to run the ball more. And everybody told them you need to try to run the ball more. And your best player was your running back. Yeah. And they didn't even try to run the ball. Yeah. Was that just bad? play calling was that situational well you could argue yeah it was situational game you got behind and you got away from it or they stopped it for the first couple of plays but man i'm watching games sunday in the fourth quarter teams down 10 points still running the ball with 11 minutes to go mm. because that's what they do yeah and and you know what it worked they yeah. got back in the game so i just think there are some of these things that you can be and, and this is the way to do it by the way this is the way the bad teams do do it mm. is that you you can't like say oh they're blatantly losing but you could say well they ain't really trying to win too much either yeah listen at the end of the day if i'm a defense right now and i'm playing against mike glennon i'm excited i'm putting my ears back and i'm going you know why because i can go back to his tampa bay film i can go back to um i think play a little time in chicago and i can go back to that time when he was six and 16 in the nfl as a, as, a, as a career record, 6-16. Six and 16. And I can break down every one of those games and say, all right, here's how we beat Mike Glennon. I cannot do that wholeheartedly with Luton. I can go back to college film and watch that, but I can't do that with Luton. He is the unknown right now. You can't game plan him for him. You saw what happened last year with Gardner Minshew when you couldn't game plan for him. He had some success. Teams this year, maybe game plan him for a little bit more. All I know about Luton is this. He's a big-bodied guy, he's got a strong arm, and he's playing in a quarterback-friendly system that preaches the short pass and sometimes preaches the run game. That's quarterback-friendly. Why wouldn't you give that guy a chance? Because I think that guy gives you the best chance to win. Hey, who is the best team in the NFL right now? Uh, let's uh, go there next, because you got some different options. doesn't mean the record necessarily speaks to this mm -hmm. as the best team in the NFL right now, basically halfway through the year. It's next on ESPN 690. I know it's not the Jags. I'm told that the Miami Dolphins are trading wide receiver Isaiah Ford to the New England Patriots. The Patriots have needed some depth at wide receiver. Isaiah Ford was a player that Ryan Fitzpatrick liked to throw the football to. Obviously, Fitzpatrick is on the bench. Two is starting right now. And it looks like the Dolphins are making the rare intra-division trade. That is Adam Schefter from ESPN. Mm -hmm. And that is Isaiah Ford, former Miami Dolphin, now New England Patriot. Isaiah Ford from Trinity Christian. And Virginia Tech. And he's had himself a nice career, under-the-radar career for Isaiah Ford. Uh, he didn't get that touchdown pass, right, here in Jacksonville that day? That was Preston Williams, I think. Yeah, mm -hmm. so 
but uh, he got to play back home against the, the Jags a few weeks back on that Thursday night game for Miami. But he's done a nice job. He's hung around, having himself a little bit of a career in the NFL. Now he goes to New England, see if he can help them out a little bit. And remember now, Marquise Lee opted out for the Patriots, mm-hmm. uh, and Patriots have just kind of been a mess uh, offensively. What do you think the Patriots would be if Brady was there? Ooh, good question. They lost a three-point game. They lost to Seattle on the one-foot line. Yeah. They lost. Uh, they lost like by six to Denver. Mm-hmm. I mean, do, do you flip-flop it? Are they five and two? I haven't watched the games closely. I think I heard somebody say today that Cam. I think it was on the Max Kellerman show actually when I was coming in, and a caller said like, "Well, Cam Newton's made plays with his legs that Brady just wouldn't have made." And, yeah, but but come on, I mean, how many plays with his arm would no, Brady listen, have made? I, I know when, they don't have much. I get it; they yeah, don't have much. But, but I'm but. just saying, when Julian Edelman was averaging like two catches a game, like you you got to think if Tom Brady was there, that would be a little different, right? Because I think Edelman's probably still their best receiver um, right now. So with that being said, I'd probably put him at four and three, maybe a five and two. But if you watch any Patriots game, like their passing is non-existent. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just not there. Cam doesn't have it. Simple uh, Cam, as that. Cam, Cam, he might be done, man. Yeah, I mean, I think he had one really good year. I mean, well, he had an MVP year, and that was it. Yeah, he had MVP year. I think I that mean, he's really he, vanilla. No, for sure. <laughs> oh wow! Wow! Ooh. One hit wonder. I know, but uh, yeah, like, yeah, Millie Vanilli is Millie Vanilli, as, that's as low as the low, man. Yeah. That's 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 the garbage. That's the bottom of the I, garbage. Millie well, Vanilli, Vanilli was he the one that did the lip sync? Yeah, yep. the, the, oh, two, yeah. the duo. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah, actually, that's, that's, that's unfair. Give me another one hit I mean, wonder. I mean, they, they're like the same fashion sense. Uh, another one hit wonder. I don't know. Chumbawamba. Chumbawamba. There you go. Get knocked down. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, tub thumper. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean, the the year he had was legit, but yeah, outside of that. I was going to say the Patriots get what they pay for. Pay a million dollars for a quarterback is what you get. <laughs> Cry me a river, right? It is crazy. How much they, it's just crazy. Like, I, I don't not, I don't dislike Cam. I, I, just want, I just don't know if it's added up at all. I mean, that was back in 15, man. I know a bunch of injuries have derailed him, but yeah. have they derailed him to this point? Where and, and I already thought he was in the conversation of a bit overrated anyway based on his accuracy. Yeah. Um, and... So listen, I, I'm going to be honest about Cam. I think there's some quarterbacks in the league that have the ability when they play in a game, they can elevate the receivers. Classic example, Aaron Rodgers. Doesn't it really seem like who who we put up there at wide receiver, tight end, like Aaron Rodgers is going to give him the ball, right? And then there's some quarterbacks where they need to be surrounded by supreme talent in order to be good. I think Cam Newton falls in that ladder. I think he's when he can use his legs, he's very uh, lethal. But obviously with the injuries, things like that, he can't use his legs that much. And I feel like when you put him on a team with, listen, an aging Julian Edelman, Nikhil Hira, who's been in and out, um, I can't even name the other receivers or their tight end. So with that being said, like he can't elevate his players around him, so that's what you get. I will always say this about uh, Cam Newton. Mm-hmm. I don't think, now he had a couple years, right, whether Steve Smith and Olsen for those years. But he really did not have a lot outside. Uh, he, it's not like he was loaded up with weapons. He was throwing the, yeah, I mean, just had- some... Okay, Calvin players. Benjamin, who was pretty good for that year. I think Steve Smith was there. Yeah, or, they, yeah, that's yeah. the one. That's yeah. the one. T- when they did well, they had some. But yeah, Chris I mean, McCaffrey. You know, Funchess. Yeah. It's uh, fun. You know, I'm just saying. Like nowadays, you have guys like Patrick Mahomes throwing a f- no. five Pro Bowlers. You know, it's not like that. He, he didn't have that. He hasn't had that. Now you look at his New England situation. Doesn't really have it either. So mm-hmm. uh, maybe a little bit of an excuse for him. I, I just. I, I think it's, I mean, it might be over. I mean, he's still a young guy, but it just might be over. It's just not that. He looked so good against Seattle. Yeah. That was it. Like, that was, 
Well, that was more fluky. But that's Seattle's defense. And Seattle's defense. You're right. You're right. (laughs) One of the worst Uh, in the NFL. It's got a little Mississippi State versus LSU. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Doesn't it? (laughs) For sure. No, you're absolutely right. Ring the bell. I mean, we were talking about the... the, Mississippi State can't get a first down anymore. The the, the genius of Mike Leach after one week, and Mike Leach's talking all that smack. Hey, we could have put the Patriots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now where you at, man? Now where you at? Between Mike Leach and the Gardner Minshew stuff and Mississippi State. Transfer portal's open in Mississippi State, man. Everyone's jumping in that transfer portal. They all want out. Uh, by the way, we do have a uh, question out to Josh Scobie, and it looks like he might have answered and responded, so we'll get to that wow, in a moment. Wow, that's fast. Yeah, that's pretty good. Thanks, Scobie. Uh, we do have a call on the line, too. Uh, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. Sorry I didn't catch the name, but thanks for joining the program. What's up? Uh, no problem. This is Tony from Tampa, man. Uh, I've thanks, been calling man. him Tampa Week. How y'all doing, man? Good, good, good Tony. Hey, uh, so we started Jake the Snake <laughs> as a quarterback. <laughs> yeah, we are. I like it. <laughs> so check this out. So if he comes in and balls, all right, and ball out, we win like six, seven games. But the remaining nine, you could tell he wasn't the difference for us losing the games. Would you still draft? I know we won't be in position to draft a quarterback, but would you still try to draft um, a quarterback in the first round and use the picks and the, um, the picks that we have to go to the first or second pick to pick one of the two top quarterbacks. Yeah, good question, Tony. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for jumping in. Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. I get the nature of the question. He answered it a little bit. If he comes in and he wins, I'm not going to say six games, but let's say he wins four games out of the last nine. So four and five, and he plays pretty well, but they're still very deficient. They're bad on defense, and they lose games. But he does win a few, and he looks good. Mm -hmm. Well, first of all, you're going to be out of that position, right? Now you're picking like 14th. Yeah. So, yes, could you take that draft capital? I don't think they would come back up. I think they could potentially land the Wilson or Trey Lance guy that falls to them. Mm-hmm. I don't think it, it's void of them taking a QB. I just don't see somebody coming in here and leaping up and giving up all that draft capital that you've built, especially if a guy like Luton comes in and looks pretty good, and you're like, well, we could at least satisfy the position for a bit. See, I'm under the philosophy that let's say you do win some games and you're out of the Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields sweepstakes. I think they have the capital to come back up if they really need to. Like, listen, let's be honest here. Even if Luton comes out and does his thing, you can invest with him as your future quarterback. And I think Fields and Lawrence stand out so much where if you can risk it for the biscuit and get him, you might as well. I'm talking cheesy biscuits, Brent. Red Lobster cheesy biscuits. It's a lot, though. Go back and look at those kind of trades. It's a lot. Sacrifices, man. Hey, it's the most important position in football. All right, we come back. Jason Fitz joins us. Best team in the NFL. And Josh Scobie answers our question as well. It's next on ESPN 690.